This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey there, this is Shawna Karish, and this is Lesson 18 of the Equine Clicker Podcast on Horse Radio Network. Dealing with spooky objects is our title today. Um, Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the classroom to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our wonderful sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Jeffers Equine and Cavalier Feed. This is Sean Karish, and in today's episode, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about ways to help your horse learn about spooky objects. It's de-spooking your horse is what we're going to be working on, and some techniques to help you, to help your horse really to have a different view and a different feeling about things. So we will address some different tactics and different ways to go about it, where you can do it without a fight and without worry and without bolting. One of the things that people ask me all the time is where can they get targets, clickers, side buckets, and different things that we use for the training. Well, you can go to my website, which is www.on-target-training.com. So it's on-target-training.com. And on the product page, I have uh, all the tools that you may need. Uh, so go have yourself a look for everything else for your horses. You are going to want to look at Jeffers pet, Jeffers pet and Jeffers equine. They have all sorts of magnificent products for, for you and your horse. So whether it's you're needing something, your horse needs something, you need less flies on your horse, go to Jeffers pet. They have great deals and they're family run company. They're awesome. So let's learn a little bit more about Jeffers. Jeffers Equine provides quality horse supplies at affordable prices. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers combines the best of both worlds. As a family-owned tack and supply company, you get the kind of customer service only a small business can offer. Yet, with Jeffers' combined buying power of pet, livestock, and equine e-commerce sites, you get a wide variety of products at reasonable prices. So when you need tack or supplies for your horse life, from draft to mini or casual trail to competitive sport, www.jeffersequine.com has you covered. Welcome to the classroom. All right. As I said today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to get your horse less spooky. You know, horses are basically neophobic, <laughs> meaning new things, new situations, new places, new sounds, new horses, new, 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 new things are scary. I mean, that's kind of their default thing for most horses is new things mean trouble. So what we want to do, we want to change that. We want to change those emotions and change the feeling and change the perception. I want the horses to look at and think, Ooh, New thing is a new potential for positive reinforcement. So it really can build their confidence. It builds their boldness. And, and even if they get startled, they, they get back together really quickly because it's not quite so deep seated. They just go, oh, it's just a, a jacket on the fence, you know, or whatever. And they have a chance to, to settle down now and to get themselves back to a good place, to bring themselves, get the adrenaline down, bring themselves back down under their fear threshold. And all that is really important. 
in all sorts of things. We do all sorts of things for impulse control and helping them to have energy up to energy down and being able to regroup in a good place that's relaxed and, and learning. So we do all kinds of exercises for that. And one of them, what that I think is a great one is the Liberty leading and impulse control, which is lesson two. So if you haven't done that, that's also a great thing to do with your horse. And with the Liberty leading, we, this is an exercise that we can really use as we're doing this, uh, this de-spooking exercises. So these are going to be systematic ways that we can set up things that are a little bit scary but not so scary that we're going to, to terrify them. I did a video series called de-spooking your horse, building boldness and confidence. And the, uh, there's one part in there. It, there was a thing called giggle buddies and they have remote control eyes on them. And they would, when you walk up, they all of a sudden start rolling and giggling, you know? So there's this inanimate object comes to life. I call that toys of terror. Because that's very advanced and not for your, we never would start there. We're going to start with the most mundane and plain and, and minor things that we can deal with. But we're really going to start with some exercises that can start to teach your horse that new things aren't so bad, that new things are actually safer than they think. So one of the things that is a great thing about positive reinforcement, it really does build a lot of trust and it does have endorphins and dopamines and good things going on. It's been shown that um, positive reinforcement tends to activate a different part of the brain than pressure release and negative reinforcement training. Negative reinforcement training tends to activate when they, when neurobiologists look at it on the screen, they can see it tends to activate the part of the brain that's responsible for fight or flight. Well, when we're in fight or flight, we are talking adrenaline. We're talking cortisol and stress hormones. So we've kind of got them when we're using the more traditional pressure release, we've already kind of got them in that zone. When we're using positive reinforcement, we've activated, tends to activate anyway, the part of the brain that's been referred to as the seeking system. This is the things they want, the things they like, the things they are seeking. So in that part of the brain, different chemicals are produced. It tends to be uh, uh, endorphins and dopamines. So we have kind of different associations and it can even be different hormones or different emotions that come out of the different learning processes. So utilizing the positive reinforcement actually gives us a kind of extra foot in the door, as it were, as we start to build their confidence with a positive reinforcement or with a spooky objects. Okay. So what we can do to start with is really pick little simple things. So we can start with, uh, you know, you can just hang a jacket in a place that it normally isn't. So you know how horses are when they're at home. They're home. They know every piece of their home and where everything should be and when anything new is there. You take them someplace completely new and they're so, they don't know, have any orientation about what shouldn't be there, but they really notice one little thing changed at home. So one of the things I'll do is oftentimes start by just like hanging a jacket in the, in their arena or in their paddock or in, you know, at a place that we are working. And so I will hang something new, set something new, something that will kind of catch their eye a little bit. Now, a key to this exercise is I want to keep them below their threshold. I don't want them to go, I want them to be at or below, but in a manageable level of being just 
at threshold enough where they can bring themselves back down and they can bring themselves back down. So we don't want it. I don't want, nobody should be snorting at this point. Nobody should be so big and bolting and jumping. If that's the case, we got to back up and get them to a place where it's just a little bit concerning, but not overly concerning or not. And you know what? That can be really a relative thing. I this Okay, this is how we're going to look at it. I look at a horse as being at threshold when something has caught their eye. So if I come walking in with a tarp, let's say, and I come in from the paddock and I'm far away and they're just eating their grass or doing what they do. And then at some point they see me and they say, hey, there's my human. And then their head goes just a touch higher because I have something different in my hands. That is threshold. I just want them enough where they go, oh, that's a little different. I'm processing it. I don't want them snorting and looking like big eyed and scared of it. I want them to be kind of curious about it. I hope that makes sense. So, so that's where we're going to kind of shoot for that area where they're curious, maybe just a little worried, but, but the, but the curiosity is taking more than their, than their worry. So what we want to do is start building up a new strong reinforcement history when new and unfamiliar things are in their space. So to start this, let's do hang a jacket somewhere. I think this would be a good exercise to start and that's what we'll go to with lab time. So think about that. Or it could be a different object. But what we're going to do is let's say we come into a place and there is a jacket and it's hanging in the indoor arena, let's say. And so I bring my horse in and my horse looks at it and thinks that's not supposed to be there. I say, yes, I know. And so we just kind of lead on and we ignore it. I don't walk closer to it. I don't do anything. I just walk past it however far I think I need to to keep him just at threshold. So I don't want to challenge him and make him go up. I want him to go, oh, okay, this is start a little worrisome, but it's okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to make, I'm going to figure out, do I think I can be 15 feet? Do I need to be 20 feet? Do I need to be 25 feet away and still be able to keep them under threshold? So I'm going to start, I'm going to be kind of maybe 25 feet away. And if that's going good, I'm going to reinforce every time we are closest to that object so that they start learning the closer I get to it, the more I can get reinforced. But now I have them under threshold. I don't have them worried. I just have them kind of going, okay. That it's, they're not even almost really paying attention. And I keep moving that circle a little bit closer till I get to the point where I feel like they start to look just a little bit. You know, they start to kind of go, okay, what is that thing there? And then I'm going to reinforce them each time as they're closest to the object. And I'm going to stay on that same distance until I don't see them being paying any no, never mind. I don't want them looking at it, worrying about it, focused at it. It's just now it's just another piece of the scenery. When I get that good, then I'm going to move maybe a couple feet closer and reinforce again as when I'm closest and still approaching. If we always reinforce as they're walking away, we can actually encourage them to scoot away. So I want them to be as they're approaching and still walking and feeling comfortable. Do not move forward meaning progressively getting closer until this, the level you're at is 100% relaxed. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with something like the hanging the jacket on the fence and practice this exercise until this is good. Next, you may, you know, and it could it might take you a couple of days. It might go pretty quick. We don't really know. 
So the next thing we're going to do is have something different in a different place. You know, now maybe you set a plastic chair somewhere where it normally isn't. So it's, you know, practice says maybe it's just the other side of the arena. And can I practice the same thing until you can get closer and closer and closer? Now, as you get really close, if your horse starts to investigate it, I would let them. There gets to a point where I'm, I'm going to say, I don't want you really investigating everything, but I want them to actually see that the object is nothing to worry about. So while it maybe had them a little bit concerned, but it needs to be their choice. I'm not going to drive them towards it, but as we get close, if they start going, well, what is that? I'm going to let them do that. I'm even going to click and reinforce them for investigating and seeing it. So I think it's important that they get a chance to look at it and see what it's about. At this point in time, the jacket shouldn't be scary. So even exploration shouldn't be worrisome for them. If you think the jacket's going to fall off of its hook, hang on to it because that then may turn it to being scarier. So let them investigate, reinforce them for investigating, walk off and leave it there. So like I said, that might not be a one day project for your horse. That may be longer than that. But what you're doing is you're starting to build a stronger and better reinforcement history with getting near or closer to something unfamiliar and something that was mildly worrisome. So the next day we're going to try something else and maybe it's something if, if this or the next day, or maybe the next time, the next one ready to move to the next object, maybe it is, if this object seemed rather inert and not so worrisome, you know, a, a, a white plastic chair or whichever, some other kind of thing, maybe a little more, you know, like, whoa, what is that? So now you've also got to gauge a little bit where is kind of their comfort zone and when does it start to feel too close? You got to gauge with the jacket and this first day. So kind of think, okay, 25 feet and they seem to be okay, but, but you know, or, or 20 feet or 12 feet or whatever it may be for your horse. So 15 feet was good, but 14 feet started to feel a little worrisome. Start at 15 or 16 feet. So you get yes, 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 yes. If we overface them and go right to putting them over threshold, now we've raised their criteria. I mean, not their criteria, we've raised their adrenaline. So now we've got them a little on high alert and a little more suspicious and a little bit more worried and the adrenaline's kind of floating and we can go into trigger stacking. So uh, you want to be able to let them, you want to have it be lower. So you don't want to go, uh-oh, now I've got them all lit up. You want to go slow and be able to reinforce as you slowly get closer, building that reinforcement history as you're on that circle as you're approaching or getting closer. And, you know, you can, you can do a circle or you can do the back and forth. And keep in mind, you're doing actually, you are kind of doing two reinforcers here because as the object might be a little worrisome, you're reinforcing them with food, which is a positive reinforcement. You're adding something to the equation, which should increase the frequency of them wanting to approach and be near the object without worry. But you're also, when they're good and they've eaten and then you walk away, you're letting their adrenaline go back down. And this part is actually really important. So as you're walking further from the object or walking away from the object, they get to go, okay, relax, we're okay. So it shouldn't be so big that it, 
it literally looks like relaxing, but you know in your head that you've just challenged it just a little bit where you say, can you do that? Will you do that? And they get to learn, oh, I tried and it did and it went well. But you then get to walk away, which truly lets their adrenaline go back down, lets them kind of reset, and then you come back and stay and, and keep working on that object. So do the same thing. You work on those circles or you go back and forth until you feel like they're truly relaxed at that level. Don't progress until that level is really solid and, and keep going with that object until that feels good. Again, it may take a longer amount of time. If it was really challenging with the jacket on the first day, let's say, or the first lesson, I want you to maybe just put that jacket in a different area. So it's the same object, just a different place. So it's not moving up to maybe a little bit more startling or unfamiliar object. So do it in kind of small steps. Remember the goal is to keep your horse relaxed and, and where he can process stuff and, and get, then get back to ground zero with it, where he's like, okay, I'm good. So practice these exercises. I will tell you that. And, and also I want to remind you of this first, and then I'm going to tell you a little story. There is a, um, there is, if they're afraid of something, we can look at it and go, it's just a jacket on the fence. It's just a chair. It's just a this. It's just a that. But to them, it is their reality that it is frightening. So to dismiss it or to drive them towards it does not help them. That we have to, I think it's really important anyway, to respect that this is really scary. I get it. You think you are going to die. I mean, because in their reality, if they're that frightened of it, they do think, this is dangerous and I shouldn't be here. So understanding that and saying, I get it. Instead of trying to drive them towards it and make them see it and making them face it, which is kind of old school thinking about it, which can actually, instead of desensitizing, can actually sensitize them because that can actually move into flooding, which is we just kind of keep driving them at something that they don't like. And oftentimes it's like we will see them start to settle physically, but but a lot of times what it is, it isn't truly settling emotionally. It's, it's learning that everything I've got doesn't make this stop or go away. So I'm going to stop fighting physically, but it doesn't mean that they feel better about it internally. So it's really important that we go in a, a, a way that we can help them to learn that things are safe and, and not be flooding them and not keeping them over threshold and not making them face things that are terrifying. But we go in a manner that is a systematic desensitization and counter conditioning. So, and, and we're going to, we use this for all sorts of stuff. We use it for clipping. We use it for injections. We use it for, you know, all sorts of trailer loading. We're, we're doing a lot of systematic desensitization and counter conditioning. So it's a really good tool to know and understand and utilize. In this situation, we're using it in a, in a plan to help get the horse less startled and worried about new places, situations, and things. So, so in the systematic way, instead of kind of unintentionally taking them to a place that may create more sensitization, not only to this object, but others, we want to help them learn that it is safe and good. So don't, don't discount it for your horse, kind of listen to them and go, I getcha. I hear you. We're going to help you get some tools and ways that you can cope with it and deal with it. Murray, by this time, he goes up to new stuff. He sees it and he's like, what is that? And he wants to explore it. And he was, a, he was afraid of things. He was frightened. And now he kind of goes and he wants to see it. And then you can feel him kind of actually go, oh, 
okay, it's nothing. It's just a pile of bricks. That's no big deal. You know, so he gets to see that it's okay when visually from far away, it can seem quite worrisome, but that was through this systematic desensitization and counter conditioning. Okay. I said, I was going to tell you a story way long ago. I, when I was just do, I mean, it was 25 years ago, 20, maybe 24 years ago, I was just writing my book and the, the, uh, and it was new in all this training. And someone came and said, I'm really, I was new to horses. I mean, I've been doing positive reinforcement for 10 years with the marine mammals, but for the horses, it was new. So somebody came to me and said, I have a spooky horse. She had a horse who she loved dearly, but the horse had through her spookiness, broken wrist, collarbone, ribs. You know, the woman had been injured from her horse who she'd had 16 years and loved, but the, but she, so she was committed to her. She's going to stay with her, but she kept getting injured every spring when she would go out on the trail. So she lived in an area that was really snowy. So I gave her an exercise and said, okay, I want you to first start in your barn aisle. And just like I said, I said, put a jacket, have a chair, turn the chair upside down, turn, you know, bring a, you know, a trash can in that normally isn't there. Bring a, you know, do these things first in your barn aisle till you can go back and forth by new things. And she doesn't care. And she just goes, yep, I got it. I want to look at it. No big deal. New things are no big deal. And then I want you to take the same exercises, start simple again and build the, through repetition. I want you to take them to the indoor arena first, just kind of walking by things on the ground. And then I want you to build up to where you are walking by new things under saddle. So doing the same exercise though, starting in this circle and getting closer and figuring out. And as you get going with this, you start figuring out pretty much, you know, wherever it is, it's going to vary for every horse that, you know, maybe 12 feet is fine. 10 feet is too much. So you're going to start it routinely start at 14 feet, you know, so you get yes, 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 yes. Until you feel like you can bring new objects out and you can, it's no big deal. I mean, and I've even moved up to having bags flapping in the wind and, and things. And then I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm going to get. And then you realize, oh, we're pretty good with it. Again, because you've built up the reinforcement history. So the woman did this. She did the exercises in the barn. She did them in the indoor arena. Then she did them under saddle till it was good. But all she could do back then was inanimate objects. She was in an indoor arena. You know, there's, it's a limited scope of what you can create. Nowadays, we do have toys of terror. We have remote control cars, which I've used for, you know, horses. And then you can put different things on it. So that remote control car looks different. I've used the toys of terror, which have the motion sensor and motion activated things. We have drones nowadays, which we, I mean, there's so many ways we can go there. But again, you start really small and slowly build up to our more challenging things. But Back then, we didn't have any of these things. So it was all inanimate objects. So here comes springtime. She goes out. She's ready to go out on her horse and go for a trail ride. And this is where it all happens. Springtime, early rides out in, you know, and, and she's just a lot to look at, a lot to see, a lot to take in and keep track of. And so she goes out. She's riding with her bum bag and she's got her clicker and out she goes. And so she heads out on the trail and she's out a little bit. And then a partridge flies out of the brush, kind of starts low and flies high. And the horse simply splayed all four feet. So she got startled, but she didn't go anywhere. She was, and then she's like, oh, okay. And so she, the woman clicked and reinforced because she's like, oh my gosh, this is when, you know, you're back at the barn and 
five minutes flat and I'm laying here busted into pieces. So she clicked and reinforced the horse and Jess was thankful. She felt great. This is fantastic. And then another horse, another partridge flew out of the brush and all her horse did was look back at her. Like you're going to reinforce that. <laughs> so, it, so the, the horse generalized that these new and unusual objects that she worked through all winter. I mean, you know, she really, cause she couldn't go out. It gave her a long time to really make this solid, but the horse, she did get startled, but what she did after with it was her choice. Then what do I do with it? She's like, Oh, okay. We're okay. I just got startled. And then she got reinforced for it. So I think it's really important to recognize that they really can begin to generalize that these new objects, these new things, these new items, these new situations actually could be an opportunity for a positive reinforcement. At the very least, they're just not scary anymore. You know, they're more like, okay, well, that just happened and it's no big deal. So these exercises are fantastic. And really, we can build up to different levels depending on what you want to work on. And taking your place, uh, taking horses for a walk in a new place is another thing. You know, don't start if your horse is really worried about something. So it, let's say your horse doesn't really want to leave his familiar surroundings. Okay. Take your horse out, make like clover leaves. You know, you go out for a little bit till you feel like we're just starting to get over threshold, reinforce a ton for being out. And then you don't need to reinforce as much as you're coming back because coming back to the barn is reinforcing. It's familiar, it's comfortable, and we get to let the adrenaline down. And then you can kind of make this loop and kind of loop your way around the barn, out the different doors, and build up to you can go a little bit further and a little bit more confidence. You start to see your horse go, it's going to be okay. But remembering that bringing him back to the barn actually can be sure that the energy and the adrenaline can come back down and we can go back again. And one of the things that happens, and you just can't help this because it, it just happens sometimes as careful as you want to be and as much as you want to keep them under threshold, sometimes something happens where your horse does go over threshold by a fair share. You know, you didn't know that this was going to happen. So what I do is as much as I can try to get them back to a safe place and start again. So don't be hard on yourself about it, but take mental notes, you know, th that you can go, okay, that was too much. And I didn't know that the, you know, that it, something on the ground was worse than something on eye level or whatever it might be. And horses really do have different, they have a tendency to be more reactive at different places. Some horses it's things close that are, are, are the things that might be near them. For some horses, it's movement way off in the distance. Some horses, it's inanimate objects. Some horses, it's movement. Some horses, it's noise. Some horses, it's things on the ground that are worrisome. Some, you know, so they can have a whole slew of triggers that create this worry for them. So what you want to do is if you can figure that out, that's great. But I try to address each of those things. So I may have something that's a little bit noisier and something that's quieter. I approach it all in the same manner. Don't take it for granted. I make sure that each of these little pieces is better until I can eventually just approach and walk by things that are startling and worrisome and do it first from the ground because there's a lot more comfort with you on the ground. And a lot of times what I'll do first is I will be between me and the object. And then as we go around, then I may turn, change directions and come back where now they will, we're same part distance apart, but I have it where 
the horse is closer to the object, reinforcing them for that as well. And so remember, don't go forward until the previous step is really good. And then you build it up when they can do it on the ground where you can approach things directly and they're good. And you can tell that that radius is getting less and less and less worrisome until they're like, yeah, what is that? I want to go see it. And it will happen. Then when that's going good, then I want you to move into doing it under saddle. Keep in mind when you go to under saddle and start mild again, even though you built up to some crazy things, that's okay. But go back to where it's really mild again. So that when you change the context and you're not on the ground with them, I want you to go back to the, the mild little things and build up again. So when you're in the saddle, sometimes you're not being right beside them to be the one that the mountain lion might eat first, <laughs> can be a little, they can feel a little more alone, you know, even though you're up there, it just can be a different context and a different feeling. So really kind of don't take that for granted. Don't think that's silly. Just get it and go, okay, I get it. We're going to start further away again and build up slow and build through the same processes in the under saddle. When you can do it in the best case scenario, and remember, you want to set them up for success as much as you can. So if they, you know, a lot of times doing this after they've ran and played and had exercise or being ridden, they're a little bit more relaxed. You know, they have a little bit of excess energy out. That a lot of times for a lot of horses, that helps them to be more settled. For some horses, you get adrenaline up through exercise and adrenaline's up and they can be more spooky. So you got to kind of figure that out about your horse. Think about their best place where if, if they're better in the indoor arena, start in the indoor arena. If they're better in the barn, do it in the barn. If they're better in their field, do it in the field. If they're better in, you know, wherever it might be, don't go to the place that is the place that they don't really like anyway, or make them jumpy to begin with. Start at the best case scenario. Think, how can I set them up for success? How can I get something worth clicking and feeding so I can start to build a new association and a new reinforcement history. And then again, build up. So now let's say we have, and so build up through each different phase. So as you've got, now you've get to the ridden place, go back to where it's going to be the best and the time of day that's going to be the best. And after exercise, it's going to be the best and then go to the more you know, challenging places and then do it without necessarily being sure that they've had some sort of exercise or play or energy release first. And then, you know, so build it up slowly till you can fade out those pieces that you've really used to help set them up for success. Anyway, so I think that that probably is a pretty good start for that. And this can go on and on and on, of course, and it's only your creativity that is going to hold you back. I want you to think of different things and different ways and different items and things that you can do. So, and sometimes it surprises you because like I went up to Murray the other day and I had a white envelope in my hand and I wasn't really thinking anything about it. I just went up to give him a kiss on the face like I do. <laughs> and he was all backed off and worried. And I was like, what is going on? What's going on? And then I realized this white envelope that is in my hand is quite dis you know, disconcerting for him. So I actually kind of worked through, you know, letting him see it, letting him sift it, letting him smell it. That was an object in my hand. It's different than if it was on the ground. But sometimes that, see, I took that for granted. I didn't know that was going to be an issue. So sometimes just trying different things, even if you don't know if they'll be scary or not, can be surprising. So put some on the ground, hang some, put some, change them upside down, chairs, whatever. Anyway, so I think that kind of gives you some idea of the lesson portion. So what we're going to do 
is uh, now that we kind of got that worked out, what I want you to do is go get, we can, you can start with a jacket on the fence. You can start with the chair. You can start with a bucket that, you know, maybe is upside down. So get something that you think is going to be a little bit disconcerting for your horse and put it in a place where they're pretty comfortable, they're familiar with, and that they're going to walk by and think, wait, that shouldn't be there. So it's a little bit disturbing for them, not disturbing, that's a little harsh, a little bit um, attention getting, I'd say is a better word. And, and put that and set it up in your, you know, wherever you think it's going to be. So if it's an arena, if it's wherever it might be, set it up, get your horse, get your, I grab a target, get your side bucket and your clicker, obviously, and some food. And we're going to regroup once you got all your pieces together. So go ahead and turn the podcast off. And when you're all ready to go, turn it back on and we'll be ready. Okay. So what I have is I have a horse named, uh, Costner and Costner is a big spooky guy. He gets kind of, he can be like a kite on a string sometimes. So he has a lot of reactivity in him. And so I have got him good. He's really much better about leading and going to his familiar routine because he wasn't good at that in the beginning, but New objects, we have had a lot of construction here because we're building a learning center and pavilion and, you know, stuff to go on with the, the learning center. But but that's kind of more sounds and movement and people. So what I've done is I have taken a um, a bucket, like a water bucket. So it's a blue bucket and I put it upside down in the arena. So it doesn't look like a feed tub, which is going to make them think, oh, I eat out of that. It's something unfamiliar and I turned it up. I mean, it's not something, well, it is unfamiliar because we have waters, but it is, it doesn't look like it has food in it. And I've turned it upside down to make its kind of presence be a little bit different. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to, we're outside of the arena right now. We're doing this in the indoor arena. So I haven't even taken them in yet. I am going to do this because I can. Sometimes we don't always have this option where we can do it wherever we want and we, or we can't necessarily be at Liberty, but I can have him at Liberty in the indoor arena. So it's perfect. He has, he can go as far away as he wants. He doesn't have to feel tethered to me and trapped or worried and feeling confined. He can walk away if he wants. I want you to remember that walking away can look as subtle as walking calmly away, but it is evasion. So sometimes like just going to sniff for things is a way they're saying, I do not, and I'm not interested. So I know he will lead with me and stay with me and stop with me and go with me and trot with me and right turn. So if he goes away from me, that tells me something is going on. So, so it can be big, it can be little, but all of it is information. All the things that the horse gives me when he's at liberty is information that gives me input. And I can go, oh, okay, this is good. This is bad. This is okay. This isn't okay. So I'm going to try to start, I'm going to start kind of far away with him and I'm going to start with me on the inside and him on the outside. So we're going to, I mean, far away, I'm talking like, I'm not a really good judge of distance. I'm going to say about 25 feet away. So that I kind of feel like we can see where he is with it. So I took off his halter. I click and reinforce him for staying here. 
I'm going to kind of start Liberty leading first. So I just want to get him in this kind of process. He's looking at it already. Okay, so we're we're not even 25 feet near it, and he's already looking like, what is that in the middle of the arena? So I'm going to kind of go away from it first, um, further away, because we're 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 we got to be at least 50 feet away. So I'm just going to walk along the edge a little bit and ask him. So I'm walking along the edges of the indoor arena and looking for him to walk with me. And there he goes. He's walking. His head's a little high, and Okay, he, he lowered his head a little bit, and I felt like his eye took me in. You know what I mean? When the eye feels like it's kind of focused on something else, but there's a point when the eye softens, and I feel like it looks at me. So I clicked him for that, and I'm going to reinforce him. And I'm going to kind of reinforce him a few. I want, I want to satiate him a little bit because I think it's a tactic that will help him to, to settle down a little bit more. He was eating, he's eating food when I got him out of his paddock, but I want him to be sure that he doesn't feel like he has to be with me. So I'm reinforcing him quite a bit. Okay, good. So we're going to walk on again where this is a familiar exercise. He knows quite well. It's a Liberty leading, which is lesson two in our podcast. And as we're walking along, okay, good. And we're stopping. Good. And I clicked and reinforced his downward transition. So what I'm thinking about, what do I want more of? So I'm going to give him a couple handfuls. What do I want more of? I want more of the settling, calming, quieting. So the downward transition is his choice to take that energy, which is walking and asking him to bring it down and slow it down a little bit. So I do this a lot, particularly with him who tends to be a horse who wants to go and bolt and run and be big. I have done a lot to say, slow down, calm down, settle down, and then looking for him to relax and see him soften and take a breath and lower his head and jaw and eye and ears and everything softens. So I've done a lot of that with him. So I'm going to practice that here because I want him to understand what I want is calmer and quieter. I want him to relax a bit. When I worked on his leading out, out in the world, getting him to go from A to B in his different places, I, there he was on a halter lead rope. So he couldn't leave because it's, that just isn't safe, you know? So what I would do at first, I'd use a target to get his focus and get him with me. So if he started raising his head and looking out, I'd use the target. Good boy. And, um, he would bring his head back down and I'd click and reinforce when I got focus on me, focus on me, focus on me. But at first it was just touch the target, look at the target, head down, closer, 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 closer. And then as he got good with that and I could put the target out and he would immediately come back and kind of focus back on me. Then I started, if he would look off, I would just wait. And you'd see him kind of let go and focus back on me and I'd reinforce him until pretty soon going out to his new place was worrisome. But on the way back, he would walk like a pony. I mean, I mean, like, like an old an old hand. He would just be relaxed, head down, walking, not worried about anything. So then pretty soon he could walk all over and do that. So he kind of knows his exercise a little bit, but not at liberty and not with strange objects. That, that was just the whole world. So now we did that again and I reinforced him a lot for the downward transition. We're going to walk again. I'm going to ask him to walk. We're walking on and now I'm going to ask him to walk bigger and a little brighter. So I'm asking his energy to come up a little bit 
Good boy. That's great. Okay, good. And then I'm slowing back down. And oh, good. And then I clicked and reinforced. So now what did I do? I tried to take his adrenaline up a little bit and say, let's bring it back down. So let's bring it up and then be able to bring your, uh, your energy back down. So he starts learning the settling, the bringing it back down, the quieting is the thing that's going to get more reinforced. Okay. So that's going great. So now what I'm going to do, I feel like he's really with me. He's really alert. We don't need to practice more of the Liberty leading as an exercise. I just wanted to be sure that he was choosing to be with me. He was choosing to focus that I felt like he was in a good place. If he wasn't in a good place, I felt like he was too much Costner right now. I wouldn't carry on with an exercise of introducing something startling. So I did kind of do a little check. Are you with me? Are you good? Are you engaged in the training? And he had a chance to see that we have something in the arena, but he chose to let go of that and come back to me emotionally and with his focus. So I like that. So now what I'm going to start to do is we're walking towards the object. But like I said, I'm going to keep about 25 feet away from it. And then as we get a little closer, Okay, we're getting a little closer and he seems pretty good with this so far. So I'm going to click and reinforce right now because we're kind of just the nearest and approaching it. So that was fantastic. So I'm reinforcing a bit. And now we're going to take our circle and I'm going to walk further away from it. It's kind of a big circle. In fact, I think I'll probably just go back and forth across the arena. So not really a circle, but a big oval because it moving on the ends of it we're getting away from the object as well so we're going to walk around again and see and now i'm going to go i'm going to go a couple feet closer because that was really not a big deal for him i didn't feel like he looked at it at all he was 100 with me and so that was great okay so we're walking and he's closest to it good i'm going to reinforce again Seems pretty good, and that is great. We're trying to figure out where is this for you, Costner? So that was great. I'm gonna make a small circle in this one. And we're gonna come back. Because I don't feel like I have him over threshold, I, I don't need to go far further away to let him kind of decompress. I feel like he's in a good place. So now we're going to walk about 20 feet from it. Okay, good. Click. Okay, I'm clicking and reinforcing now. Now he kind of, I feel like he's kind of looking at it a little bit. So this is perfect. He's not, he's not totally ignoring it like it's not there, but he's not, he's not raised his head up, which he can do so fast for him, but he hasn't raised his head up really big and felt like I haven't felt like he had to stare at it like it was a problem and and it could be that these kind of things aren't as worrisome as it is activity out in the world where he can't keep track of movement but but we'll see okay so that was great so I reinforced him now because he didn't go over threshold I felt like he settled and focused pretty quick we're going to go a couple feet closer okay and I'm reinforcing him here and he is pretty good still. I feel like he's sticking with me. Now, I have a quandary, so I'm reinforcing him. I'm going to let him stand here for a few minutes and eat so we're closest to the object. Because sometimes what we do, the horse will give us more 
than they're comfortable with. So they'll try really hard. And I don't want that to be the case. He knows he can walk away and he can still, I'll go with him and we'll get reinforced over there. So he's not really going to be worried about that. But he is a kind of horse that maybe can try and they get himself a little bit over threshold. So I'm going to make sure I don't go, I'm going to take responsibility for that and be sure I slow him down and not just assume that he's okay, he's okay, he's okay. Some horses I feel are very bold. He's not a super bold horse. So I'm going to kind of take it slower because I don't want him suddenly shooting over threshold. Okay. So, so consider that for your horse. So now we're going to make our little circle again. And I am going to come a little bit closer. Okay, good. Good. Okay, now now we're back. And I'm reinforcing him. And now as he's eating, I see him kind of raising his head and looking over there. So he is kind of taking that in a little bit. I still don't feel like it's too worried it just feels more curious at this point. So that's a good thing. So now what I'm going to do, instead of getting closer, I'm going to go the other direction. And what this is going to do, I've been on the side of the bucket. This is going to have us the same distance away, but he's on the side of the bucket. So this will be, it doesn't seem like it might be that big a deal, but it really can be because now there's no buffer between the two of us. So we're going to walk our circle in the other direction. And we're coming back towards it. And he, okay. Okay. He's definitely more worried on this side. So now he's definitely looking more at the bucket than he's looking at me. So I'm going to stay on this side and this side circle until he, and he's making eye contact back with me. But that is an exercise we worked on somewhere else, just with his leading in general. So he kind of knows I need to make eye contact with my human. To, and so he kind of is. And when he does that, he does kind of let go of the object. But he certainly, as we approached and were first near it, he wasn't comfortable. So we're going to kind of stay on the circle until I feel like he is better about it. So we're just going to walk on and walk around and I'm walking nice and slow. I'm actually going to do, I'm going to ask for downward transition on the far side and I'm going to slow down and wait for him to turn his head away. That's good. So kind of be sure that he's focused. He can practice something familiar and safe and that he has a strong reinforcement history with. I'm going to actually walk just somewhere else a little bit. I'm going to make my circle a little bit bigger and come back around. So what I'm doing is giving him a little bit more time away from it to be sure that his adrenaline is coming down. We get to practice familiar things. Again, it's downward transition and calming things, not, you know, taking him up and making it more exciting, but saying, and we settle and reinforcing him. Okay. So now he's feeling pretty back to his normal place so we're going to come back at it again okay he, he, he's looking but then he came right back to me that time so that was better okay that's good and so I'm going to reinforce reinforce and then I'm going to walk off while he's still chewing so we're going to kind of try that again and now we're coming back up to it 
and he looks pretty good. Okay, so that time he didn't look at it at all. So I think it's actually a good place to end. So I'm going to reinforce him right here as we're nearest it, and then I'm going to take him away from it. So I'm going to end there. I don't, just because it went well, it went up a little bit, and he's such a reactive guy. I, I want him to go away and be able to think about it. So I'm going to reinforce him a little bit more here. I, I mean, I walked away a little bit. So now he's not right next to it. Or he wasn't right next to it at all. He was still over 10 feet away from it. But what I did is I wanted to get him where he could be away further from it. So he didn't, it wasn't kind of part of his immediate world. So now he can be a quite a reactive horse and I don't want it to go to that reactive, scary place. I want it to stay at a place where he goes, well, that wasn't so bad. I can cope with that. That wasn't so bad. He showed me that he was just worried a little bit more. He didn't like bolt in my direction or, or spook over to my direction. He just took it in. But the last time he said, okay, I'm back to you and I'm not going to worry about it. I can turn my back towards it without worrying. And I think that is really good. And it's nice to say that's good. Part of me wants him to explore it and see it. But for now, this is good enough. So I'm going to reinforce him and we'll kind of regroup and, and touch bases again. We'll go over some homework and see how we went and cover some scenarios. So Go ahead and get your horse. You can, if you want to practice more circles, you can. Again, we have individuals and your horse might be the type that can get all the way up there. I made a judgment call to, to not have what I call greedy trainer syndrome, where I keep going too much till I go, oh, I shouldn't have pushed it. I want to quit where I know that I've had success. So we're going to quit with that. And you can do a little bit more if you need to, but when you're ready, keep it. Rather you be conservative than too much when you're ready. Go ahead and turn it off. Get your horse back to the barn. Uh, get everything put away. Get to a good place and come back and turn that podcast back on. And I will meet you in the classroom. Okay. So I hope that went well for you and your horse ended in a good place. What we're going to do is a little bit of homework because homework is what really helps you be good at it. It's shampoo, rinse, and repeat. So we want to do a little repetition and knowing what your game plan is moving forward. And as always, we are using positive reinforcement. We're using something they value and something that means the most to them. And because food is a primary reinforcer and it is something they need to survive, it is clearly really important. You know, it's, it's something that they're hardwired to look for all the time. But what kind of food are we feeding them? I want to feed a lot of food. So I need to be sure that I'm feeding something that can work with their diet and is healthy for them and is not loaded with sugar. And so what I use is Cavalor, Cavalor feed and Cavalor treats. So I have Cavalor feed in my bucket and then I have some of their Cavalor crunchy treats in there. All of it is super low in sugar. So let's learn a little bit more about Cavalor feed and why I choose it. As we progress through the clicker training exercises, we talk about feeding the horse each time you use the clicker. Sometimes, most of the time, I use feed, but sometimes I use treats. And I love the Cavalier feed and the Cavalier treats because they use the highest quality ingredients. I can feed a lot of it, and I know it's healthy and a safe alternative to the highly processed feeds. So I think it's important that we can feel really comfortable about feeding a lot of the feed without 
think you are loading them down with sugar. And that's what you get with Cavalor. With the Cavalor feeds, you can also actually see the ingredients. So it looks like a cereal you and I would eat. And in fact, I've tasted it and it's pretty good. <laughs> The best part is, Cavalier's team is so easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page, and a real live person will call you back personally to talk you through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about the products at www.cavalier.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalier North America. You'll be glad you did. Okay, now back to our show. All right. So here we are. Again, I hope that really went well for you and you started to get an idea about your horse and, and how comfortable they are. I think a lot of times in traditional training, we don't necessarily pay attention to the little teeny tiny things that in their mind is loud and clear communication. So I look at everything the horse does is information. So when I see a head raise, I see the jaw flex, I see the nostrils get big, I see the top lip get kind of square or the chin, the bottom, the chin gets pointy or the ears look a little too taut or the, or they look back and worried or the tail or they're stomping. All of these things tell me, or they're just simply walking away. All of these things are really loud and clear communication when we stop to look at it, it is their way of telling us something is going on. And so it's information we want to take in. So it's, it's a trick to learn how to be so sensitive to the little teeny tiny things of the individual horse. Cause it really is not the same. My bugs had a square lip. His top lip was always contorted and square. That was just how he was, you know, that wasn't for him. That didn't indicate that he was over threshold or worried. He just, he thought he was an elephant with a trunk. <laughs> so, so learning and figuring out what is, what is, not normal for your horse or what is tension for your horse or what goes in the different situations. So I think that part is really important. So continue to hone that skill if you haven't already. And I think with traditional training, we also really don't focus on that quite as much. So it's really, really quite helpful. Um, and one of the other things I wanted to point out at the end of that session, so I kept Costner under threshold, well, as much as I could, you know, he got a little like, Ooh, uh Oh, what is that? But not so much that I felt like he couldn't come back from it and get to a good place where he get back in to the learning place. If we get them too far into over threshold, then they get too far into fight or flight and fight or flight is not optimal learning space. You know, that's not a point where they're going, Hmm, let me process this. And what can I do with this? And we're not building confidence there. We've got them where they think they must flee for their lives. So we clearly want to keep them on the lower side of it. But what I got to do is Costner kind of dealt with that a little bit and he chose to focus on me and it didn't go bad. I reinforced him a lot. And then I said, that's it. We're going to go home. So by making sure I didn't take it to that place of worry, I got to be sure that he walked away and thinks that wasn't so bad. I could do that again. It didn't eat me and I got reinforced and we didn't push it. And it wasn't 45 minutes of concern and worry. So there. A lot of times we can, the going away from a situation that may have worry or aversiveness to it, keeping it short and sweet and, and leaving nice and early is really a huge way to build that reinforcement. And then we let latent learning take effect. And latent learning is it takes like, even for us, we have learning, it takes like 12 to 24 hours for a new thought to form 
a permanent pathway. You know, haven't you heard when you were, you know, going to college and they said, you know, study before you go to bed and sleep on it. <laughs> and that's because that's your, it takes 12 to 24 hours that new thoughts to form a permanent pathway. And so that letting them have time to kind of brew and steep are really good. It does a lot for the learning. And as he got to walk away and nothing bad happens, he gets to learn, well, I could do that again. That wasn't so bad. And it's also helps him to realize he can be safe and we're going to be sure that he's safe in these situations. So you did your horse walk away? If your horse walked away and said, nope, that's too much. I mean, that's what I take that is. If he walked away and he does no liberty leading, I would say this was too much. We need to go further up further away. And that's okay. Sometimes we do too much and we have to go further away, but start and ask them if keep it further and build that trust and that confidence back up again. Did your horse spook? <laughs> I mean, like give you a big reaction. Okay. Again, that's too much. Just take your circle further away until you can build up that trust again. Remember the goal is to keep them under threshold and keep them confidently moving in that direction. So if, but quitting early and not having to push it is ideal. So don't go until you think, oh, there he is. That's too much. I'll quit now. That's not ideal. It's ideal to quit with it's still, yes, it's still good. You still have a horse on board feeling safe and feeling bolder and building their confidence. So just like the story I told you, we want to keep up with these exercises. I want you to try different, different objects, different places. I want to try it different times a day. I want you to move on to the next place once the place before is good until you move up to some more startling things and bigger things and, and things that are, you know, can challenge your horse, but in the mildest way, remember going to big, scary things too soon isn't ideal ideal and it isn't uh, great for the progress. So slow down, you'll go faster. That's what I always say, but it's true. When you have a horse who's involved in the training and he loves the training, he's a problem solver and he looks at it as good. If you slow down and build the steps properly in the long run, you're going to have a horse who's bold and confident out in the world is bold and confident when new things are introduced to his world, but it takes a little bit to build up that new association and that new reinforcement history. Anyway, so that lesson, my friend, that homework can go on for a year. <laughs> you could go on and on and on and on. And just when you get it good, don't think about, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing it again. Still bring these components back out to remind him now and then, you know, so just so you feel like, okay, I went to the scariest thing I could possibly think of and my horse goes right up to it and they like it and they're bold. But but they can forget that a little bit. So don't forget to sometimes practice these little challenges here and there just to remind them that things are good and not to be taking it for granted. So, and, and, and also when new things happen, you know, you go to a horse show, you're in a new place. You have lots of opportunity to, to work on desensitizing the systematic desensitization and counter conditioning to a new place. Hopefully if we've done our job right, they go there and go, oh my gosh, it's a whole world full of opportunities for me to see. And I want to see it all. And that's really a great feeling when you go there because now they can go there and they can focus on you, you know, and they can get back to, to working with you versus being so worried about the world that they don't know what they're, what's going to happen next. So 
work on those different components, work on those different places. If you have construction that's going on your place, like we do here, that's an excellent opportunity for things that I can, I can help them to work through it and get better and learn that these odd sounds and things are, are actually quite reinforcing. Anyway, so this is one that can go on and on, but it is really a fundamental for, for creating a horse who is bold and confident in new places and starts to have trust. So there you go. There's a lot to work on there. You know, you can listen to this episode again. Of course, it's going to give you some new ideas and remind you about the lessons we learned here today. And, and you can do, you can listen to this lesson or any of the lessons on your favorite podcast players. And that's, you can listen on the horse radio network app, which is on the iOS or Apple. And then also on the Android, you can just search on the horse radio network in the app store. It's free. It's easy to use. And it is, and that's the best part because the easier it is, it's easier to go back and find these old lessons that you maybe want to go listen to, or you want a reminder about. So be sure to visit all of the great shows at horse radio network. There really is something for everyone. And I even started off doing the years and years ago. I started off with these guys doing the horses in the morning radio as a guest on there. So it's a lot of fun. There's fun things. There's all different disciplines. There's all different areas of interest. It's all related to horses. So take yourself a look, continue that education. We should always be growing and learning. All righty, you guys keep up the good work and everything you're doing and enjoy your, uh, de-spooking exercises. All right. Until next time, enjoy getting your horse on target. Bye-bye.